All right, a brief word before we get started. This brief word is to ask you for your help. So in 2014, Ascension began producing digital content with which you are familiar. So YouTube videos and podcasts and articles. And since then, it's only ramped up. The purpose of this content is to help you grow in your faith and to give you resources to help others do the same. Uh, so it's like every week there are 18 videos and podcasts released, which are a kind of expose of the truth, the goodness, the beauty of God and of his church and of his sacraments and of all those things that he puts at our disposition to grow in the knowledge and love of him. So while this content is free to consume, it is not free to make. So we're asking you to consider making a financial gift to help offset some of the costs of production associated with you know, Ascension Presents YouTube channel and Bible in a Year, this podcast, other things besides. So if you or someone you know has benefited personally from Ascension's work, please consider making a gift. Any amount is truly appreciated and will go towards production costs and all that's associated with that. So to make a gift, please visit ascensionpress.com support or click the link in the description. Again, that is ascensionpress.com support. I feel like the cantor at the beginning of Mass. Welcome. Today is the 33rd Sunday in Ordinary Time. Our celebrant is Father Gregory, and you can find your opening hymn at 876. Again, that's 876. No, it's ascensionpress.com slash support. So whether you're able to support uh, the work financially or not, please keep the entire Ascension team in your prayers as they continue to do the work of God. And as, yeah, things just keep going further up and further in to the glory that awaits us all. All right, prayers for you. Please pray for us. Cheers. Hi, I'm Father Jacob Bertrand Jancic. And I'm Father Gregory Pine. And you're listening to the Catholic Classics Podcast, where we seek to grow our prayer lives by learning from the Church's greatest saints and teachers. Spiritual reading can be challenging for many Catholics, so this podcast is here to help. Each season will read through a great work, unpack its timeless wisdom, and encourage you with practical tips for the pursuit of holiness. The Catholic Classics Podcast is brought to you by Ascension. This season, we're reading Ascension's edition of Introduction to the Devout Life by St. Francis de Sales. To get your copy of the book and download the reading plan for this season, visit ascensionpress.com slash catholicclassics or text intro to 33777. Be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast app. This is day 26. Today we'll be reading part three, Certain Counsels for the Practice of the Virtues, chapter 28 pages 301 through 306 in the Ascension edition of the book. Before we get into the reading, let's take a quick look at what we'll be covering today. In the previous chapter, St. Francis of Sales was asking us to consider how it is that we live in the world, how we might better bring our life of devotion into all the aspects of our lives, from our friendships to our more general relationships to our interactions with people, how we dress, how we speak, all of these parts. Now we're going to consider a topic that I think has a lot of popular interest, that of judgment. So often in the world, and sometimes in the church, we hear things like, we shouldn't judge. But if you were to look at the scriptures, Christ doesn't prohibit judgment. Rather, he warns against our hypocrisy that can creep into our judgments. So in this chapter, St. Francis teaches us about this, but as he calls it, hasty judgments. So before we get into the reading, let's take a moment to say a quick prayer. Grant us grace, O merciful God, to desire ardently all that is pleasing to thee, to examine it prudently, to acknowledge it truthfully, and to accomplish it perfectly, for the praise and glory of thy name. Amen. Chapter 28 On Rash Judgments 
We are told by the Savior of souls, judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. No, indeed, the Apostle says, therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness, and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Oh, how displeasing in God's eyes are rash judgments. The judgments of the children of men are rash because they are not judges of one another, and when they so judge, they usurp the office of our Lord. They are rash because the primary malice of sin depends on the intent of the heart, which is an impenetrable secret to us. They are rash because everyone has enough to do to judge himself without taking up the task of judging his neighbor. In order not to be judged in the hereafter, we must equally refrain from judging others here below and should turn our attention to carefully judging ourselves. For as our Lord forbids the former, so to the apostle orders the latter, saying that if we judged ourselves truly, we should not be judged. But, O oh good God, our actions are quite the opposite. How readily do we do what has been forbidden, ceaselessly judging our neighbor on every possible occasion, while never bothering to do what we have actually been commanded, to judge ourselves? We must apply remedies against rash judgments in accord with their various causes. Some hearts are naturally sour, bitter, and harsh, making everything that they receive equally bitter and sour, turning judgment into gall, always judging their neighbor with great rigor and harshness. Such men and women greatly need to fall into the hands of a good spiritual physician, for since this bitterness of heart is natural to them, it is difficult to overcome. And even though it is not in itself a sin, but rather only an imperfection, nonetheless it is dangerous because it introduces rash judgments and detraction into the soul and causes them to remain there. Some judge rashly not through harshness but through pride, imagining that to the same degree that they reduce others' honor, they elevate their own. What arrogant and presumptuous spirits who so admire themselves and place themselves so high in their own estimation that they look down on all the rest of mankind like little and base men and women. It was the foolish Pharisee who said to himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men. Others do not have this manifest pride, but do suffer from a kind of pleasure in considering the evil qualities of other men, for they make themselves and others appreciate more keenly the contrary good qualities with which they think themselves endowed. And this pleasure is so secret and imperceptible that people do not see it unless they are quite sharp-sighted, and indeed those who are infected with it do not see it if it is not pointed out to them. Others, in order to excuse, make an excuse for themselves, and to assuage the remorse of their own consciences, quite willingly judge others to be guilty of the same kind of vice to which they themselves are addicted, or of some other that is just as great. They think that the more sinners there are, the less blameworthy is their own sin. Many are in the habit of rash judgment merely for the pleasure they take in philosophizing and discussing people's characters and peculiarities as a kind of mental exercise. And if, unhappily, they sometimes stumble on truth in their judgment, their rashness and pleasure in such judgments increase to so violent an excess that it becomes, in a way, impossible ever to cure them of it. Others judge out of passion and always have positive thoughts about what they love and negative ones about what they hate. Though there is one exception here, one that is remarkable but nonetheless true, when excessive love incites them to pass a negative judgment about that which they love. 
a monstrous effect flowing from an impure, imperfect, unquiet, and diseased love, namely jealousy, which everyone knows for a mere glance or the smallest smile condemns the beloved person of disloyalty and adultery. Finally, fear, ambition, and other such weaknesses of the mind frequently contribute toward the breeding of suspicion and rash judgment. But what remedy is there? Those who drink the juice of the Ethiopian herb called Ophiusa imagine that they see serpents and other frightful things all around them. So too, those who have swallowed pride, envy, ambition, and hatred think that everything they see is evil and blameworthy. The former, in order to be healed, must drink palm wine. And I prescribe the same remedy to the latter. Drink as much as you can of the sacred wine of charity, and it will deliver you from those noxious humors that beget rash judgments. Charity is afraid to encounter evil, and so much the less does she go to seek it out. However, whenever she does encounter it, she turns her face aside and pretends to take no notice. She shuts her eyes at the first sound of it before she sees it, and afterwards believes, with a holy simplicity, that it was not evil but only some shadow or appearance of evil. And if she cannot help sometimes recognizing that it was really an evil, she immediately turns from it and strives to forget what it looked like. Charity is the sovereign remedy for all evils, but especially for this. All things look yellow to jaundiced eyes. They say that to be cured of this disease, one must place a buttercup under the soles of one's feet. The sin of rash judgment is indeed a spiritual jaundice and makes all things appear evil to the eyes of those who are infected with it. He that wishes to be cured must apply the remedies, not to his eyes, nor to his understanding, but to his affections, which are the feet of the soul. If your affections are meek, your judgment will be so too. If your affections are charitable, your judgment will also be charitable. Allow me to present you with three admirable examples. Isaac had said that Rebekah was his sister. Abimelech saw him playing with her, that is to say, caressing her tenderly, and immediately he concluded she was his wife. A malicious eye would have instead judged her to have been his harlot, or if she were his sister, that he had been guilty of incest. However, Abimelech adopted the most charitable opinion he could infer from such an occurrence. We must always do like that, Philothea, ever judging as much as possible in favor of our neighbor. And if one action may well have a hundred possible faces, then we should always look upon its fairest one. The Blessed Virgin was pregnant, and St. Joseph clearly perceived the fact. However, on the other hand, as he knew that she was so wholly pure and wholly angelic, he could not believe that she had become pregnant in a sinful way. So he resolved to leave her privately so as to leave the judgment of her case to God, though there was very strong reason to make him conceive an ill opinion of this virgin. And yet, he would not judge her by it. Why not? Because, says the Spirit of God, he was a just man. When a just man can no longer excuse either the action or the intention of a person whom otherwise he sees to be virtuous, nonetheless he will not judge him, but rather puts it out of his mind and leaves the judgment of it to God. Our blessed Savior on the cross, not being able to altogether excuse the sin of those who crucified him, nonetheless at least attenuated the malice of it by alleging their ignorance. When we cannot excuse the sin, let us at least render it worthy of compassion, attributing to it the most positive cause that it could have, such as ignorance or infirmity. However, may we never therefore judge our neighbor? No, without doubt, never. 
It is God, Philothea, who judges wrongdoers in public justice. It is true that he uses the voice of magistrates to make himself intelligible to our ears. They are his interpreters, not to pronounce nothing but what they have learned from him, as his oracles. If they do otherwise, following their own passions, then they are the ones who judge and who consequently shall be judged, for men, precisely as men, are forbidden to judge others. To see or know something is not to judge it, for judgment, at least according to the scriptural meaning of the word, presupposes some difficulty, great or small, true or apparent, which must be decided. It is therefore, it says, he who does not believe is judged already, because there is no doubt of his damnation. Therefore, are we not guilty of some wrong when we have a doubt concerning our neighbor? No, for we are not forbidden to doubt, but rather to judge. However, we are not allowed either to doubt or suspect at random, but only so far as reason and argument may constrain us to doubt, for otherwise our doubts and suspicions will be rash. If some evil eye had seen Jacob when he kissed Rachel by the well, or had seen Rebekah receive bracelets and earrings from Eleazar, a man unknown in that country, he would no doubt have thought ill of these two chaste women, though without reason or good ground. For when an action is of itself indifferent, it is a rash suspicion to draw an ill consequence from it, unless many circumstances give strength to the argument. It is also a rash judgment to draw an argument from an action in order to blame the person. However, I shall explain this more clearly later on. In short, those who take good care of their consciences are rarely guilty of rash judgments, for just as how bees, seeing mists or cloudy weather, remain in their hives and make their honey, so too the thoughts of good souls do not go in search of perplexities, nor among the ambiguous actions of their neighbors, but instead seek to avoid such things and withdraw into themselves, there making good resolutions for their own amendment. Unprofitable souls amuse themselves with examining the lives of other men. I make exception here, however, for those who have charge of others, whether in the family or the state, for a good part of their conscience consists in looking to and watching over that of others. Let them discharge their duty with love, and having done so, let them keep watch over themselves as regards the subject. Well, in this chapter, as we mentioned, St. Francis talks about hasty judgments. Before, though, I think considering what a hasty judgment is, it'd probably be good to talk about judgment in general and how that fits into the Christian life, into the moral life, into the devout life. So let's talk about that. What is judgment? Is judgment wholly bad? Is it wholly good? Is there appropriate judgment, inappropriate judgment? Any other ways I can <laughs> distinguish here? <laughs> Father Gregory, what do you think? Yeah, so a judgment is just when you compare two things. So you have a sense of what a thing should be, and then you make a comparison with how you perceive a certain instance of it. Okay, Father Gregor, that was super vague in general. Would you apply that? Oh, absolutely. Thanks. Um, so for instance, I have a sense of how people should comport themselves in the world, all right? I think for instance, like if you leave your house, you should be wearing a pair of pants or a pair of shorts. I am an equal opportunity pants and shorts employer. Uh, so if you leave, you know, in your underpants and you're just strutting about, I make a judgment that that does not comport with the accepted standard of the way to clothe yourself below the waist in 21st century society. And so I'm like, hey, you're underdressed. So what I did there was I just made a judgment. There's a standard. 
And then I compared what you're doing to that standard. And that's my judgment. So uh, in that sense, it's just something that we do. And now we can, I suppose, get into whether or not we should do it or how we should do it when we do it. Yeah, I think often we think here of the the scripture passages where our Lord says, judge not lest you be judged or these sort of things, which leads people to this idea that like we can't judge, we shouldn't pass judgment on people. But I think if we look at actually what Christ is saying in the scriptures there is is that we we ought not judge in a way that's hypocritical. Like like you said, there's a standard. There are standards to our to our living, including the way we dress, including the way we act in our moral life, including in the way we interact with other people, how we interact with the Lord. So there are standards by which we are judged and ought to be judged um, and can be judged. This is also, you know, we've talked a lot about friendship and stuff and how, you know, but for being able to judge the actions and the relationships that we're in, how are we able to pursue, you know, goodness and true friendship in these things by way of example. So we don't want to say that judgment is bad or that we shouldn't make judgments. In fact, we should be making judgments all the time. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to make a choice about anything. But it's this question of, of hypocrisy or hasty judgment. So I guess therein lies the problem. Well, what is what is hasty or what is bad judgment or what constitutes like the judgment that we should avoid? Yeah. So in the case that I gave, that's a judgment of something which is outward or visible. And so I can verify it just by my sight. And it's not too terribly difficult for me to render a judgment on it. But then we can go the next level deeper and ask ourselves, why did that person choose to leave the house in that way? Maybe the person suffered a traumatic brain injury and gets easily confused. Maybe the person is super transgressive and just does things that are going to make the neighbors whisper because he just relishes the opportunity to set them, a, you know, a chatting. Or maybe it's because the person, you know, was just robbed, okay, and the thief came and stole nothing but all of his pants and shorts which is an incredible feat, uh, but, you know, entirely conceivable. So there are different reasons for which he may have chosen to leave his house without pants or shorts. But when I make a judgment as to why, then I'm doing something that, that might go beyond my competence. All right. So you've heard it said, you know, like hate the sin, but love the sinner. You know, that kind of gets at what we're trying to do here. I think we should make judgments about things that we can verify, but we should be modest or even agnostic about the judgments that we can't verify, especially if those judgments tend to hurt people or tend to make us think ourselves better than other people or tend to, you know, whatever, you can see how we can play this out. So I think that's that's the next level of judgment that we're going to want to examine. Yeah. And that that sort of modesty of judgment contrasts well to the sort of hasty form of judgment where we just look and what pronounce you know type thing for me too and and thinking about this and what saint francis is is proposing and just more broadly with respect to judgment it's also a question of well what do we do with that judgment like is that judgment when we look at somebody and are able to even if it's an external thing that we can observe or something that's a little harder to sort of verify in those sort of terms um how does that lead us to act with and towards people or other people or even ourselves you know is is judgment used as a way right to puff myself up to make myself feel better you know at the expense of putting somebody else down is judgment used as a way to sort of yeah for those sort of things so it's a question that that i think ought, we ought to be asking in 
making assessments with respect to other people, other things, our relationships, those kind of things. Like, are there, I guess the question that, or the way to put it is like, is that judgment actually founded in truth? And I think this is where your point on sort of defaulting to a sense of skepticism about our judgments or agnosticism about our judgments is helpful because in everything we can't see the fullness or in most things we can't see the fullness of what's going on that has to be tempered by the fact that sometimes things are just wrong you know like when we see sin we can make a judgment that that's wrong and we don't make excuses for those you know objective evils being done um but in a lot of cases that's that's not always so easy to do so for me it's often a question of like okay how do i what is this sort of judgment leading me to do? Is it something that leads me, in this case, as we're talking about the devout life, into into deeper devotion? Is it something that helps me become closer to Christ or lead others, invite others to come with me? Or is it something that becomes an obstacle to that, a stumbling block, a way to beat other people up, a way to live in a false sort of sense of who I am in the world? So that's that's kind of, yeah, an important factor there in, in my in my thinking about, well, what where does judgment and hasty judgment really fall in um i guess a question then here is well why why would saint francis think this important to talk about you know following friendships and mortifications and back to friendship why now we're we talk about in living in the world now we talk about judgments um in some way it kind of seems like a turn but i think they're interconnected yeah i think um the point that you raised, like, what do we do with the judgment is an important one. You know, does it lead us deeper into the devout life or does it lead us farther from? Because when some people make judgments, they do so. And here, you know, we'll see St. Francis turn in the direction of detraction, or we can think about it just in terms of like gossip, mockery, scorn, derision. You know, people use it as a way to put other people down so that they themselves might feel better. And I think that's where we want to address you know, our root concern. It's like, we want to be secure in the Lord. Okay. And many of us suffer from different forms of insecurity. We like all want to know that we are, that we're known, that we're loved, that we're trusted. Uh, but we find it difficult to abide in that reality when it comes to our friendships and family, when it comes to God himself. And so we seek different ways of trying to affirm our own existence or buffer ourselves from the real, like, I don't know, the, the realization that I don't know, things are hard and we might not be as great as we might have originally hoped. And so this is where these types of judgments come in, because oftentimes when we're comparing, it's we're comparing so that we might benefit as a result or so that we might look better in the end. And that's just, you know, there's there's no real, I don't know, salvation to be had from that, because ultimately we're only meant to compare ourselves to Christ in this way, because it's only by those comparisons that we stand to be saved, because Christ is the model of salvation who communicate who manifests and communicates that salvation in modeling it so when we make a comparison there there's actually a grace to be gained whereas we compare ourselves to people who are like you know kind of fumbling or stumbling around in the dark making foolish decisions like what what salvation is there to be had so i think it's good you know you raise the question of what do we do with it and saint francis certainly has that in mind as he turns next to detraction or gossip so we want to make of it something that leads us further up and further in into the life of god rather than something that just convinces us all right, we're we're fine. We're doing great because other people are worse. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think it, just to sort of round out our introduction here to judgment, as you said, we're we're going to be looking at sort of different ways in speech and thought, indeed, that this you know might take shape in the coming chapters. But by way of sort of introducing the topic, it's also I think helpful to introduce a solution to the topic of hasty judgments, or you know, because we kind of diagnosed and 
that sort of thing. So I think as St. Francis will say and begins to say, and as the tradition teaches us too, that the solution to this here is, is charity, right? The, the sort of agnostic disposition that Father Gregory proposed, and I think it's brought on, is not one of sort of relativism, where it's like, well, that might be good for them, or that might be their truth, or that life's their life, you know, that they choose to live. It's not that sort of agnosticism of indifference, but it's an agnosticism that's inspired by charity in the sense that like in loving somebody else, you recognize the truth that we, again, might not have all the pieces, but we also will their good. So we might, you know, a judgment might move us to lead someone from, you know, like not wearing pants when they go outside or something more serious of that nature. So um, as we, as we continue to think about this reality, this part of our lives, this part of the devout life, these things that need to be purified in our in our pursuit of Christ we also have to recognize the solution is that of charity of loving better of asking for the grace to love our lord better but also to love others better so that judgments aren't hasty but you know appropriate and help guide us in those relationships whether they be sort of more intimate ones of family and friendship or more global general ones of simply living in society as we've talked about in the last handful of episodes so there you have it i guess any any final thoughts on this topic of hasty judgments of judgments in general, Father Gregory. Yeah, I was just thinking when you're talking about charity as the solution, one of the interior effects of charity is mercy. So when you see things, you know, which lead you to judge quite naturally, right? You can just commend that person to the mercy of God and ask further that you might be an instrument of that mercy. Uh, So mercy sees a person in a miserable state and then works to alleviate that state or to better that state so that they can come to know and to love God yet more perfectly. And it's good to be caught up in the work of mercy. It's good to be a a participant in it. So rather than judge from a distance, we want to be implicated in the showing of mercy. There you have it. Well, that's what we have for you today. As we mentioned, we'll continue to talk about these topics of judgment and the different ways by which we might be sucked in um, in the coming chapters. So stay tuned for that. Be sure to follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. And to download the reading plan and support to the production of this podcast, please visit ascensionpress.com slash Catholic Classics. Know of our prayers for you. Please pray for us. And we'll catch you next time on Catholic Classics. Mm-hmm.